Good afternoon, good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome back to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we've talked to leading agencies, technology providers, and consultants uh, about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Michael Shu. He's the Vice President of Product Strategy and Innovation at KPM, uh, Kroger Precision Marketing. So, Michael, how are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Mark. Excellent. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, your position at KPM, and maybe a fun fact about yourself? Do you like to uh, jump out of planes? Do you uh, have <laughs> kids? What, what's a passion you may have? Nothing uh, Nothing quite that exciting, but uh, yeah, happy to. Uh, I'm Michael Shu, I'm the VP of Product Strategy and Innovation here at Kroger Precision Marketing, uh, which is the retail media business of Kroger. Uh, I've been with Kroger Company for about a decade at this point, uh, and I, you know maybe it was my calling. I don't know, but uh, I, I love food. I do about you know ninety percent of the cooking around my house. Got uh, got three kids, not fourteen, uh, running around at home, but uh, love to uh, love to involve them uh, in, uh, in in you know cooking at home and, and enjoying that experience. Okay, great. Uh, I know most people are very familiar with Kroger Company. Can you give us some more information on Kroger Precision Marketing, uh, maybe a little history and overview of what you guys do, how you do it, and maybe even a little bit about the evolution of, of the entity? Yeah, happy to. So Kroger Precision Marketing was founded uh, just about four and a half years ago, uh, really to unleash the power of Kroger's first party data asset uh, for uh, the advertising ecosystem and to uh, help engage with customers across our digital channels in a really meaningful way. Uh, we are um, uh, really all about uh, driving the right media accountability and effectiveness for brands by closing the loop between media exposure and store sales, whether that exposure happens on our digital properties or across the open web ecosystem. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about some of our different publisher relationships uh, and how we tie that exposure back to a sale, whether that sale happens uh, in our stores or, you know, increasingly with the growth of grocery e-commerce online. Okay. You know, I, I saw, or we saw, should I say, the uh, Kroger recently announced a, kind of the expanded access to on-site advertising. You kind of mentioned that. You know, what does that actually do? What does that give advertisers with regard to product listings uh, on the e-commerce site? Is it in store? Is it in lane? Is it uh, at checkout? You can tell us about that expansion and what it means and how it adds value to the advertising community. Absolutely. Yeah. And when, when people think of retail media and commerce platforms in general, oftentimes the, the first thing you think about is product listing ads within search results or other experiences as customers are, are online building their baskets. And it's no different in our ecosystem. We've had product listing ad uh, units and search and other personalized uh, carousels across our digital properties, both web and app for a number of years at this point. The announcement that we made last week was really expanding access to that inventory for uh, two, uh, three different ad management platforms, PackView, Sky, and Flywheel Digital, uh, really as a means to enable advertisers uh, to engage in tools that they're already really familiar with and buying in, 
to offer them more control and flexibility in how they handle, especially a high volume of campaigns. You know, everybody's, you know, over the last couple of years talked a ton about the, you know, the acceleration of online commerce. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's created a real opportunity for brands to win at the digitally constrained online shelf. Uh, but it's also created uh, a, a really um, a, a really high level of, of, of effort to execute those campaigns, right? And so the, the onus here for us and the, really the value for advertisers uh, is, is ease and flexibility, meeting them where they are and tools that they're already familiar with and enabling them to interact with Kroger customers at the point of purchase online to drive things like uh, share of category uh, and sales lift. Okay. And the products that uh, one can advertise, is it mostly CPG type products or is there maybe a life cycle or life stage product, uh, health and wellness add-on, or is it traditionally more the CPG products to drive a purchase or trial or acceptance through the kind of digital community? Yeah, it's traditionally our endemic CPG brands, you know, brands that sell products in our in our stores uh, across the country. So we've got, as Kroger, we've got 2,700 store locations uh, and offer customers to shop with us in store or online via grocery pickup or delivery. And so really it's about those brands that are already selling products with us today. Uh, but I, I also think there's a, a huge opportunity for us, uh, and we've had lots of conversations uh, even even here recently with you know additional brands that don't sell products with us today on how our data, our, our really rich first-party data asset from 60 million households here in the U.S., could actually influence their ad investments and their ad buys off of our properties in really relevant ways. Uh, there's a, a, a ton of of signals and sort of derived insights you can you can get out of you know behavioral grocery data on what people what people buy what they eat how healthy they are you know many many different things there that that really uh, can can be valuable for for brands. Okay, so they could take that data and then use that for potentially acquisition uh, kind of a PPC or uh, even uh, use it internally with regard to their programs, right? Kind of that health data potentially just to add some, uh, you know, zero party data that would add some color to kind of marketing opportunities. Yeah, and, and no health data specifically, just to be clear too, but it's really all around, you know, what people buy. You, you are what you eat sometimes, right? And so how can... And we really anchor ourselves on what customer problem are we solving, right? How do we help people who might be wanting to eat healthier? How do we help them do that? How do we help uh, drive the right inspiration throughout uh, their purchase journey with us? And how do we make it easier for uh, both advertisers to transact against our data and our inventory, as well as for customers to move from what might be inspiration to purchase, right? You know, the part of the uh, real value in more sales coming online is that distance between, you know, an awareness driving, a brand awareness driving uh, uh, ad exposure or click and uh, a purchase it just continues to get shorter, right? You can now purchase with, you know, one or two clicks, even from some, uh, you know, connected TV ad units, right? Uh, that is really, truly disrupting the, the customer experience and the brand experience for how brands think about their ad dollars, how they invest in things like performance marketing versus brand building. And, you know, we, we fundamentally believe that our data asset has a, a major role to play, not just in driving relevancy in that experience, but in holding the investment accountable to real business outcomes. 
Okay. I know Kroger uh, has had a uh, kind of a loyalty program, a loyalty focus for a number of years. You know, how do you look at the success, the efficacy of your customer loyalty, brand engagement, and, you know, customer experience efforts? Yeah, that's a great question. So Kroger's had a loyalty program for decades at this point, and it's really founded on a trusted value exchange with our customers. Uh, our customers know the more they shop, the more they earn. And by earn, I mean price discounts, fuel points, which you know today are more important than ever sometimes, you know, community rewards, uh, and other things that they see really tangible value in for scanning their loyalty card uh, as part of their either in-store or online transaction. And we have a really direct link between the in-store loyalty card and a customer's digital account. Uh, that uh, that 96% uh, card capture rate in-store is what really feeds our, our data asset that we can then provide value, like I said, back to customers uh, in the form of uh, not just, just price discounts and fuel points at the point of transaction, but increasingly relevant communications, personalized messaging uh, throughout their digital experience, either with us or across the web as we connect brands in, uh, like I said, to drive inspiration and discovery uh, and, and really to meet you know, customer needs. Nobody needs more advertising. Uh, they need to feed their family. They need to pack lunches this week for their kids. They need to, uh, uh, you know, find a new fun recipe to cook at home. Uh, those are the types of things that, you know, throughout our sort of loyalty program, we we, we have curated this value exchange with customers where they understand uh, the the equation and really appreciate their relationship with us as their favorite grocery retailer. And what impact will this uh, retail media service have on customer brand loyalty, do you think? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've mentioned personalization science and other things, you know, a few times already. The, the loyalty program investments that we make as a company and that we deliver value back to customers Really, uh, you know, if you if you engage with our, our digital properties, we make it really easy for customers to shop mm -hmm. with us and really convenient. You know, we, we oftentimes talk about how convenient it is to shop grocery online for a customer. But the reality is we see online baskets actually be two to three times larger than in-store baskets. So if I have to go through and, you know, execute 30 or 40 different product searches and add all those items to my basket, it can take a long time. So we use some of that. Uh, behavioral data that we have to, to make it easier on customers. You land on that homepage, hey, let me add the 10 things to my order really quickly uh, that I always order, that are always part of you know, my weekly basket. And then you know, let me fill out the rest as I go. That makes it really, really important for a brand in terms of driving brand loyalty to get your item in the basket the first time. And I've already talked a little bit just about the, you know, the digitally constrained shelf, right? Being present, being visible, being an option for customers. It's part of that experience is, is really, really important, not just for that first transaction, but because we make it so easy to repeat with the different personalization science uh, and other uh, components of our digital experience uh, for, for customers as they shop with us. Okay. After the pan uh, pandemic, even going through the pandemic, uh, you know, we have a number of grocers who are members of Loyalty 360. We actually have a, a working group uh, pertaining to grocery. You know, there's an enormous upswing in the interest or kind of focus on digital shopping to get that additional channel, kind of that additional data set. And obviously, uh, you know, brands know if they can get them more digitally engaged and more digital native, they uh, can engage them in unique and different ways. You know, specifically at Kroger, how does this impact the retail media service? 
Yeah. So, you know, we saw from 2019 to 2020, uh, you know, a lot of people did. You saw we saw grocery commerce, you know, nearly double overnight and, you know, Kroger's investment in creating a really seamless shopping ecosystem, whether that was in store or online, you know, years before that uh, was uh, a, a big, um, a big benefit to us helping meet customer needs uh, during during, you know, that that really, uh, really chaotic times over the last couple of years as customer behavior changes drastically throughout. Uh, what we've really found is that uh, consumers really shop across channels uh, that, uh, you know, even the most loyal e-com households don't just shop e-com. They uh, might do a large uh, uh, online order. Uh, once a week, once every couple of weeks, and then do smaller fill-in trips in between for you know produce or fresh meat or other things. Uh, we've also found that digital media and the advertising that we work with brands on really impacts uh, in-store shopping in in a big way. Uh, we talked a lot about, and we always talk about kind of you know e-commerce, e uh, but it, it can't be lost on. Uh, on anybody that a huge percentage of our sales are still happening in store and, you know, digital media that we serve on behalf of brands that we work with brands on and enable them to run using our data has a huge impact in in-store shopping too. Uh, and, and retail media is just continuing to, to grow because brands see the impact. They love the ability to close the loop between uh, media exposure and, you know, store sales, either in-store in or online. Uh, and that, uh, you know, going forward, that's going to be a huge optimization lever for them on how they place their uh, bets, how they place their investments, uh, and you know what really mean what it really means to drive their business forward. Uh, a quick follow up to that one. You know, one of the things uh, that we've heard about in, in grocery is that uh, there's been kind of a transformation with regard to how uh, the grocers engage with, from a data perspective, the CPGs, right? Because traditionally, CPGs was slotting fees, it was product performance, right? It was uh, paying for promotion or placement, you know, how much of the aisle can you uh, potentially, uh, you know, uh, get. But now there's a transformation. And I think you talked about it a little bit is making sure the product is relevant, is, you know, it speaks to the customer in a way that can have the most optimized performance. Were there any challenges that you saw kind of navigating that kind of, uh, kind of traditional relationship? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the yeah, everybody's still figuring it out, right? We're still early in this sort of retail media phase uh, and, and journey. Everybody, um, I, I think, you know, what we've we've had tons of discussions with brands directly, uh, with our agency partners who are buying at scale on behalf of brands, especially with, you know, national investments. Um, everybody's approaching it a little bit differently. Some people are focusing in on shopper budgets, some focusing on e-com, some funneling money back to headquarters and, and right. uh, you know, uh, angling on brand investments. It, it is, you know, it's, it's tough to navigate, especially because so many different people are, uh, and so many different companies are, are, are approaching it differently. Uh, I think it remains to be seen, you know, still on, on what, what are the best uh, ways to structure that for everybody? What does that mean at one retailer versus another? Our focus has really been um, on two things. One, it's on, on solving for brand outcomes, on making sure that we can, you know, prove results, uh, no matter how brands are investing with us uh, across our, our different sort of omni-channel uh, ad, ad units or relationships. Uh, and then two, developing really deep relationships with the major agency hold codes. Uh, they are, um, you know, really big, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, 
purveyors of how brands uh, you know spend their dollars and how they execute really effectively. Uh, how we've created those relationships and continue to work with those teams is a, is a huge way that we know we can we our data can help influence uh, the, the just different investment choices that brands are making, especially more towards the top of the funnel. Okay. Personalization is a uh, very relevant, timely, uh, germane uh, topic for brands. You know, what it means, how you measure it, uh, how do you, you know, get the right technologies to enable, uh, both from a kind of data analytics, uh, cleansing, CDP perspective, but also from an automation perspective. You know, how is technology impacting your ability to personalize communications, uh, content, benefits, and rewards to your audience? Yeah, the the tech ecosystem is is you know really interesting and and seemingly you know both more complex and less complex all the time. Yeah. Uh, it, those two things seem to be at odds with each other sometimes. Uh, you know, we just look back at our 2021. We we generated two trillion personalized recommendations for our customers on the fly last year. Uh, our our personalization science that drives different parts of the digital experience, different parts of our ad units. Uh, and you know how we go to market and enable brands to uh, be most relevant wherever they're trying to reach uh, our customers, uh, and with whatever KPIs they're they're most uh, after uh, is is it's it's huge, uh, and it's really we're seeing results as part of it. Uh, you know we've seen twenty to forty percent lift in sales compared to non-personalized experiences. You know the, the list goes on in terms of you know the the benefits that we see from tying both you know personalization science in as part of the experience to drive relevancy as well as you know using different technologies as you said to be there in that moment and help with decisioning in real time as you know a customer executes a search as a customer lands on our homepage a customer opens their app you have you know one moment right there to get it right for a customer uh, and how how right you get it sometimes you know dictates the experience they have, the loyalty they drive with a brand, the loyalty that they continue to curate with us as a retailer, uh, and you know how often they they come back to repeat. Okay, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but customer behavior is very important. And you know, Kroger eighty four fifty one. Uh, can you have a cadre of great uh, uh, individuals who have a kind of a depth and breadth of experience in this? But you know, when you look at the audience at the customer level, who is the audience for the offering? Uh, you know, and how you know, we talked about this a little bit as well. How, how do the CPGs fit into that equation? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's you know it's really two things. One, when a when a customer is shopping with us digitally, when they visit our site to you know search and build their basket online, we talked about this a little bit. Um, the audience is that the customer who's in the moment shopping with intent in real time, right? And the brand's role there is to make sure their their product and their assortment is you know, most relevant as part of that experience, you know, a brand or a customer, I always use the example, if I walk down the, you know, chip aisle in store, I see hundreds of products in front of me, probably 50 different brands. If I search on web, I might see 10 products before I go to page two and nobody goes to page two. Uh, and, you know, maybe less than that, only three on, you know, mobile app before I start scrolling. So right. being part of that experience and being relevant for a customer in that moment, uh, is is so so important, and then the second, you know, really our our, our customer off of our digital properties is really anybody, anybody who can shop with Kroger, right? And no matter what type of media they're consuming, if they're browsing the open web, if they're on a streaming platform like Roku, if they're on a visual inspiration platform like Pinterest, searching for recipes, 
CPGs have a huge role to play in each of those moments and bringing forward really relevant content, using our data to make it uh, most impactful for that customer with right message, uh, right, you know, right experience as you click through to create that bridge to commerce and make it easy for a customer to shop that recipe, to shop that product, uh, right. to uh, engage with that brand in a really deep way that is beyond just the, you know, what are the traditional measures of success like viewability and click-through rate and other things and actually drive to the things that matter like incremental penetration, household penetration, uh, growing share in your category, um, or just, you know, growing sales lift in general. Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, definitely very interesting what uh, the gentleman, uh, what uh, the team at uh, KPM is doing. Uh, interesting to hear your approach and focus and also how you see the evolution from a personalized offers and kind of the data sets and most importantly, the ability to drive that deeper engagement customer loyalty. So Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was uh, great to uh, hear from you and uh, kind of uh, overview of the program. So thank you. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And thank you everyone else for listening. Uh, join us back again for another edition of Loyalty Live. Have a wonderful day.